Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Ooh, you didn't tell me you were a brainiac. Welcome, welcome, welcome into Leather Brains, your host here, Slam Dog, episode 151. Today is Wednesday, November 29th. And we have football to talk about. So, of course, that's why you're here, and we're going to do it. I'm not alone. I'm here today with Scotty Del Rey and Yeti. Gentlemen, how you doing? How you guys been? Yeti, how was your Thanksgiving? I already know about Scotty's from Monday's episode. How was your Thanksgiving, buddy? Oh, it was great, man. Full of food, full of family, full of football, the three Fs that we love Ooh-wee. the most in life. Golly. God, well, I could add wise. a fourth, That was wise. This is PJ, PG rated, so. Yeah, we're yeah. definitely, we don't swear here at all. No. Uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about some things. Before I kind of go over the synopsis of what this episode is going to be about, I have a quick favor to ask all you Brainiacs out there. If you could just take one singular moment, five seconds out of your day, and click the subscribe button and give us five stars, man. It means the world, and we do greatly appreciate it. We are a, uh, a small but growing podcast, and uh, every single subscribe and rate definitely helps us. So today, gentlemen, we're going to be talking about the Monday night takeaways. We had Monday night football, the Bears versus the Vikings, so we're going to have some gross. conversation wrapped around that. It, it was <laughs> gross, very gross, and we will touch on it. This is the Bipocalypse 2.0, boys. So another huge wave of Bipocalypse is hitting all of us for fantasy football, so we'll touch on that for a little bit, as well as the injuries that are uh, that are prevalent for week 13 and what that means for your fantasy football lineups. We're going to play some Flex Appeal, baby, because it's Wednesday. And then we're going to wrap it all up with Brainiac questions. So if anybody has any questions, go over to our YouTube channel, put your comments on there, and we will answer them at the end of the show. Let's start this out. Bears versus Vikings. The Bears beat the Vikings 12-10. to 10, And the Bears were the first team to win a game... <laughs> without scoring a touchdown this season. So that's pretty impressive. I'm not going to lie to you, but it's not impressive for the right ways. It was a very boring game. It was a very lackluster game. And in fact, there were more turnovers and touchdowns. So it was, I I don't know why they continue. And by they, I mean the NFL continue to put us through this sad, ridiculous primetime game, but they did it with this one again. Yeah, I think you guys are looking at it all wrong. This was a, a, a game of great defense, and it was, uh, as a former defensive player myself, I thought that the Bears defense in particular looked fucking awesome. Like, they really, really did a great job. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously not a lot of scoring. It was one of those games that was like almost so bad offensively that it made it exciting. Like, you're just like, who is going to not fuck up for once? And so I, you know, I enjoyed watching the game. I was I was relaxed and having a great time watching uh, the Bears eke out a win. Yeah, and after a week full of football, this was kind of a, a very shitty way to end oh, week terrible. twelve, in my opinion. <laughs> I hated it. The, I think the 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 question that I have is: Has the pastronaut, Mister Joshua Dobbs himself, has he returned to earth? Because he, you know, Scotty, you said that the Bears' defense looked good, and they did look good. But was it that they looked good, or did Joshua Dobbs perhaps uh, leave the stars and come back down to planet Earth? Yeah, it was a little bit of both. Um, you know, Josh Dobbs, 
he's been a backup quarterback for long enough. I don't think anyone was under the delusion that, okay, this guy's a long-term solution for any franchise. He's definitely played well enough over the course of his career and this season to earn a spot on a roster. He belongs in the league. Um, but everybody knows, you know, he's not necessarily your franchise guy. So you expect these ups and downs a little bit. Obviously, the ups were much higher than we expected, and the downs, as we see, can be pretty low. Uh, but ultimately, he's a backup quarterback. What do you expect? And this is a guy that he was kind of just shoved into the limelight, right, with the Vikings. And so as teams get more tape on him, they'll figure out his tendencies and what they like to do. And I think that's what Chicago kind of realized as they were watching tape on him is let's force him into shitty situations. And that's exactly what they did by getting after him, making him force throws that he shouldn't be. And as you saw, he threw four picks. So, Scotty, you don't you don't believe that Joshua Dobbs should be a starting quarterback in the NFL? I mean, are you in that same camp, Yeti? Do we think that perhaps the astronaut is nothing more than a a uh, a beautiful looking backup quarterback? I think he is a starter in this league, and I say that because you look around at some of the guys that are currently starting in the league, like Baker Mayfield, Zach Wilson, Tim Boyle now, uh, Jake Browning, who is starting for the Bengals. Like, Joe Flacco, question mark. Yeah, Joe Flacco. Like <laughs> I, I think Joshua Dobbs has all the weapons to be a starter in the NFL. Um, it's just going to be a matter of what team um even desmond ritter right like i would take joshua dobbs over desmond ritter in a heartbeat um it's just gonna be we need to get this guy in for a full off season let's get him familiar with the offense and let's see what he can really do because he has looked good while he's been a starter this year but he hasn't had a full season with one team as <laughs> yeah this is what his third nfl team this season yeah. so yep. it's got to make it harder i mean he is a a nasa engineer so it's not like he is a dumb fella so learning the playbooks would take some time, but I, I well, uh, it's interesting watching him so far this season because in the the times where he had very little uh, time to work with the playbook is when he looked the best, and it may just be because you know simplified play calling that sort of stuff made it easy on him, didn't have to make too many decisions. Um, but obviously, you know, he came out with the Cardinals, and we all said, well, you know, this guy's actually making some plays and and getting some fantasy value even. Uh, and then the same thing, obviously, with the Vikings coming out and lighting the league on fire for a few games. It's it's almost like the more information you give him, the more indecisive he becomes. So I I mean. This is the reality that is going to hit the NFL here in the offseason. There are going to be some open vacancies for the quarterback position with multiple teams. Do you both, and I'll, I'll let you guys decide. We'll start with you, Scotty, and then we'll go to Yeti. Do you guys like really, do you think that he will be a starting quarterback next season for any NFL team? I think there's a good chance. He's played well enough to, like Yeti said, earn a starting spot. My point was more of he's not a franchise quarterback. He's not someone that I don't think is going to be sure. in that starting role for multiple years. Um, but given the state of the league right now, uh, like Yeti said, Desmond Ritter, oh, I would much rather have Joshua Dobbs. Um, and, you know, the same thing goes for people like Mac Jones. Um, so I think he's, you know, there's a very good chance that he ends up starting uh, an entire season next year. Okay. I 100% agree with what Scotty said about him not being a franchise guy, but he's definitely going to be a transitional piece where if you have a roster, let's say like Seattle, I think that roster has enough pieces on it where it could be competitive and they could just be a quarterback away. They add Joshua Dobbs for a year or two. If they draft a young quarterback this year, they'll have Joshua Dobbs that um, the young quarterback could learn from for a year or two and then... You know, once Dobbs goes off, uh, once his contract is over, that rookie quarterback can take over. Um, so he's definitely not a long-term solution, but if you're a team that's, you know, a piece away, a, a quarterback away, I would definitely sign him this offseason. Well, we're talking about quarterbacks. We're talking about quarterbacks and the vacancies that are going to happen. So I have this question to you you guys. Are, are we too impatient with young quarterbacks? You know, we want to talk about Kenny Pickett, who this is his second season, or Trevor Lawrence, or Justin Fields, you know, talking about this Monday night game. It, are we too quick to judge them, and are we too impatient to, to write them off and say, he's not the solution, we need to move on as an organization? Yeah, I, I think we are. And I, I bring this, I think this is a great question because uh, McConnell, the Vikings head coach, after Monday night's game, he's he wouldn't commit to a quarterback. He wouldn't commit to Dobbs going forward, which is kind of like, as a fan, that's a kind of a slap in the face because 
<clears throat> excuse me, he's only had one bad game, and we're going to overreact to what he did against a good, good-looking defense. So, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. Um, yeah, Scotty, you take it away. Yeah, no, I, I tend to agree, especially with Joshua Dobbs. I, I kind of understand the situation that they're in with the with a, another young quarterback that maybe has potential to be their future with Kirk Cousins aging um, and obviously, you know, trying to decide what to do there with the future. So I understand the, you know, the temptation to want to give them both a shot. But ultimately, yeah, I, I, I think any quarterback playing over time has a chance to get better and improve. They just have to be given the time to do so and obviously have the right pieces in place, whether it's weapons or coaching staff. So there's a lot that goes into it. I think sometimes we linger on quarterbacks too long, especially franchises tend to do that. Um, and then sometimes we're way too quick to, to pull the trigger and get them out of the lineup when they haven't had a chance to really develop. So, I, I mean, what about Zach Wilson? I mean, I, th- I think the Zach Wilson experiment has certainly uh, – the train is seeing the end of its journey. I mean, that that is where we're at with this. And, and Zach Wilson is not a good quarterback. Zach Wilson has had enough time with that team. So you look at it, Justin Fields has had more time than Zach Wilson has, you know? So <laughs> that, that bars the question, Justin Fields. I mean, what does his future look like with the Bears? And this is a, this is a really good talking point. For the future of this team, because we there is so many different things that could kind of happen, and and I, I kind of found this funny. Caleb Williams, he's one of the the top ranked quarterback prospects that's coming into this class. He's often touted as a uh, Patrick Mahomes or better as far as his talent skills or his talent level. And he came out and said it's going to be a game time decision. And he has previously stated, him being Caleb Williams, has stated that. It all depends on who has the first overall pick because he thinks that he is going to go, you know, a top three option. And he probably will. But this could go so many different ways because currently the Bears have two top five picks. The Cardinals have a top five pick. And Cardinals have a, you know, Kyler Murray, who is they just signed recently last season. And so he's, you know, unless he's a trade candidate. And the same thing could be said for Justin Fields because Justin Fields could get franchise tagged this offseason. So, both these organizations could go in a, in a bunch of different directions is kind of what I'm trying to say here. And what do they do with Justin Fields? Has Justin Fields seen the end of his journey with the NFL as a starting quarterback? Um, no, I don't think he's seen the end of his journey in the NFL. If I was, you know, in the front office in Chicago, I think, yeah, you're ready to move on because of the situation that you're in with your draft capital. You have the ability to make these big money moves. And the thing about Justin Fields, in a vacuum, um, I don't I don't like people saying he's not the guy, he can't be a franchise quarterback because he's been playing with the Bears. He's been playing with questionable coaching. He's been playing with, with virtually no weapons up until this year. Um, and I just think he needs more time. You compare that to someone like Zach Wilson, who has been in this offense for a couple of years and has every weapon you could ever want around him. And by uh, you know looking from the outside in, it appears he's got good coaching around him as well and still not able to put it together over the course of that time. I'd be much more critical of someone like Zach Wilson than Justin Fields. But I think the the Bears are going to be ready to move on, just given the opportunity to draft one of these top quarterbacks coming out. I, I think there's a lot of different factors going against Justin Fields' case, right? Because when he came to the Bears, they didn't have an offensive line. So they started adding pieces to the offensive line. He didn't have any wide receivers. They added DJ Moore this past offseason. But there's also another piece that people tend to forget, and that's the play calling. You have a young quarterback in the league with great mobile upside, right? Justin Fields, when he was with Ohio State, he had the most success when he was in play action passes. 35% of his pass attempts in uh, his senior year were play action. Now, if you look at his play action stats in the NFL, they're below 25%, which is drastically lower. And that's not a a situation you want to put a young quarterback in. You don't want to put him in the pocket when this guy is elite with his legs. He can create space with his legs, and he's great on the run. So I think it's a combination of all of it. And I would love to have fields if if I was a GM. It's just a matter of getting him in in the right situation to win. Let me ask you guys this, and I know that this this is not going to happen. This is very improbable. But 
do you think Justin Fields would find success if he went to the Commanders? Yes. Okay. If I do Eric too. The enemy is there as a play caller. I, I trust the enemy to call the right plays to get Fields in the position to have success. Okay. And it's not just a matter of calling the right plays. It's 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 drawing up an offensive scheme that plays to your strengths. And it seems like Chicago has not done that successfully. I mean, the, the best times that we've seen Justin Fields are when he's, you know, between 50 and 100 yards rushing. And that forces the defense to have to adjust to that. And it just doesn't seem like the Bears are willing to consistently write that into the game plan. And so I think you, you put him with a competent coordinator, a competent head coach, and that could change all of the math for Justin Fields. And we kind of had this conversation about Josh Allen a couple weeks ago, too. Before they fired their offensive coordinator in Buffalo, we were saying that you don't want to make Josh Allen a pocket passer because he is much better when he's on the run. And I think that is the same exact case with guys like Justin Fields, guys like Bryce Young, Kyler Murray. These three young quarterbacks, they need to be on the run in order to have the most success because they're not your stereotypical uh, pocket passer that these NFL offensive coordinators are trying to push onto these young quarterbacks. Well, that was a conversation I think, Scotty, you, Allen, and I had had on a Monday show, I, I want to say, where we were talking about, and it, I, I think it was Monday show, so if I'm wrong, I apologize, but um, we were talking about coaches not scheming up for the talent that they have and trying to force players into, this is the system, this is how we're going to do it, and if you can't adhere to that, then... You know, more often than not, teams are losing because of that. So, like, you look at coaching styles and you look at how coaches, the, the some of the most effective coaches in the NFL right now are doing those things where they're looking at their, their team and they're looking at our, their strengths within the team and then they're building an offense around it versus Josh McDaniels, Bill Belichick. And that leads me to my next topic. Should Bill Belichick get fired? Should Bill Belichick get fired from the NFL, from the Patriots, excuse me, and uh, and probably be done with the NFL. We posted a graphic this last week, and I had 10 different coaches on there, and I saw, and the only reason I want to talk about this is because I did see a lot of, of uh, tweeters out there, X, or I don't know what you call them, X, Xers, um, but they had they had said, like, why is Bill Belichick on this list? Bill Belichick deserves to be with the team until he he wants to go his own way. Do you think that's a fair statement, or do you think that at the end of the day, Bill Belichick isn't getting it done. This team's not getting it done, and they need to they need to look in a in a new area, turn over some uh, a new leaf, and, and find a new head coach. If there is one thing Bill Belichick should give up, I think it's being the general manager. Because if you look at the transactions that he's made since Tom Brady left, there's a lot of questionable decisions, and I think Mac Jones is probably the number one uh, problem on on that roster. But you also look at what they've done as far as getting playmakers in there. Um, I think Belichick is still used to having Tom Brady where we can go get guys like Julian Edelman who were quarterbacks in in uh, college. And we can transition them into wide receivers because our quarterback is so elite that they'll turn these wide receivers into you know great prospects, right? But unfortunately, those days are long gone, and he hasn't supplied the the wide receiver room with any sort of playmaker. Um, they let go of Jacoby Myers for Juju Smith, who signed the same exact contract as Jacoby Myers this past offseason. And we see the success that Jacoby Myers is having in Las Vegas now, which is kind of a slap in the face of Bill Belly. So I think he just needs to give give up the transactional piece but as far as the head coaching i don't think he's the real problem there yeah i mean i go back to what i said before just in a vacuum who would you take over bill belichick i mean maybe there are a couple people that might you know bring some juice or energy to the room but as far as just coaching acumen bill belichick is still one of the top coaches that you could possibly have and I do think that he is still unfireable. Um, I think if he ends up leaving, it's going to be sort of a mutual decision or maybe even a trade that happens um, that gets Bill Belichick out of there. But at the very least, yet he's 100% right. The, the problem with New England in large part is not Bill Belichick the coach, it's Bill Belichick the GM. And that's an issue they definitely have to address whether he's going to be there or not. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a very heated stance on this and say that Bill Belichick is not impervious to fire. He is not... You know, he, he is he is a human being. And at the end of the day, you look at the result that Bill Belichick has provided 
since Tom Brady has left, and it has not been good. They are still a business. The Patriots, the the NFL is a business, and when you are a low performer and you're not getting the job done, those conversations are happening. We're having it right here, and granted, we're not, you know, we're not owners of NFL teams, but the fact that we're even sitting here speculating, it just goes to show that if you are not going to perform, if you are not going to get the job done, then your time begins to tick. And if you can't figure it out and you are given enough chances and it's not working, it's probably not going to work for the team. And that's where Bill Belichick is for me. I get what you're saying, and I agree with the both of you. I do think that he needs to step down or, or remove the GM piece from his job role. But what has he done for this team personnel aside he's the person who chose all these people he's the person who said I want Juju Smith-Schuster I want Mac Jones I want Ramondre Stevenson and you look at it and it's like what what is he doing to scheme them to try and find success for them I get it Mac Jones isn't a good quarterback we all know that we know that Mac Jones is not the greatest and he is not the future for the Patriots but he chose those and if you can't say that's the talent I want and then scheme them to try and fit appropriately it's not going to work and and you see the offense that he tries to run is still very tom brady-esque and the fact of the matter is is he doesn't have tom brady anymore another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, I just think if you're if you're in the front office there uh, or you're the owner and you're looking at your problems, the number one problem is Bill Belichick as the GM. And even though they haven't seen a lot of results, obviously, you do. we do know what Bill Belichick is capable of. Now, if you fast forward a year or two and the GM role is no longer involved and you're still not seeing the success, then I think, yeah, I mean, he's not impervious to being fired. But as of right now, top priority number one is getting a real GM in the mix. And if you continue to have problems, you adjust. But if that fixes the problems, then great. Uh, Ultimately, though, if I were to put money on it, I think he's going to another franchise next year. You think he's just going to leave the Patriots? I think he'd retire before he left the Patriots. I think it's going to be a mutual decision. He's going to go to uh, you know a place like the Commanders, and he's going to try and restart some some life in his career uh, for the last couple of years. You think he's going to take the Tom Brady at, the Tom Brady route out himself? Yeah. I don't think so. I mean, like here's the the other thing that you got to think about is like that's a lot of fucking power. Like it, Bill Belichick is a living legend in the Patriot community. And I get that Tom Brady is too, but Tom Brady, you know, we've seen after Tom Brady and he went on and excelled and did all this other stuff. But Bill Belichick has been with that organization for forever. And not only is he the head coach, but he's also the GM. And and I, I think that we also have to acknowledge the power that comes with that. And for him to give up that power is the right thing to do. But from an egotistical perspective, will he do that? Because he does have all the power and he can make all the decisions. And if he brings somebody else in, he's going to have to fight with them at certain times and points to to get what he wants and or to say, no, I don't want this. So that's something that I think he would probably struggle. And Grant, I don't know the man. So I'm just sitting here talking about it as a human being. But I think that would be a struggle that he could potentially face with giving up the GM spot. And and that is just that is a great, immense amount of power to have over an organization as a GM and the, also their head coach. You know, after hearing you guys kind of talk about Bill Belichick you know slaps your thing is power scotty your thing is a a new beginning right with bill belichick potentially leaving but i I think star wars yeah right but i think what could be a new beginning for bill belichick is having a top three pick next year if he's still going to be the general manager he's still going to be the head coach for the patriots he's going to have a top three pick, he can go get a young quarterback, potentially Drake May, Caleb Williams, or whoever he decides to get at quarterback. And that could be his guy, you know, for the next five years. And that could be the spark that he's missing. Um, Because I I do think Bill Belichick is a good coach still, but he's just missing something, and that's a spark on, on offense. You get Caleb Williams, you get Drake May, there's your spark. And I, I think we're potentially, looking but you at this also, conversation and being like, oh, 
you have to use them correctly. And that's also what I'm slightly concerned with is, is will he use them in a favorable fashion? Because the offense, like NFL offenses are starting to transition and not all of them, but we see some of the, like Matthew Stafford, we know he's going to sit in the pocket and throw it 40 times. Like, because that's what he is. That's what Sean McVay is doing with that offense. And I understand that. But you look at like, like the Cardinals or the Chiefs where you have a mobile quarterback who is able to move the ball with his feet and through the air. And do you know what that does for defenses? It makes it really fucking difficult when you are running something like a play action pass. Like that makes it hard because you have a quarterback who can actually threaten to move around and say, fuck it, I'm going to tuck it for 10 yards, you know? And so you have your Josh Allens who are all, or Jalen Hurts. Like that's kind of, the NFL is kind of going in that direction and you don't see that in the Patriots offense. I haven't seen it in the Patriots offense, I don't think ever really. So that that's where, in, in my lifetime anyway. So that's that's something that, Can't will he will he adapt with Caleb Williams or Drake May or some of these younger quarterbacks who do have that talent to be able to move the ball with their feet a little bit more? I would be interested in seeing if that actually happens because prototypically Belichick doesn't run his offense that way. Yeah, and yeah, we, you haven't. Sorry, Scott, you go ahead. I was just going to say we did see that a little bit with Cam Newton, and you know, obviously, it wasn't the most successful run that he had there, but um, we did see that offense adjust to the strength of their quarterback at that point in time. I have I have faith that Bill Belichick is he's seen enough success, he's been in the league long enough, he he knows what to do to run an offense. He just apparently doesn't know how to assess talent on the outside and that's something that they can fix and you know if they end up keeping him and they get a you know a new piece and a gm i think that this team could be on the up and up and aside from cam newton you look at the the quarterbacks that they've had and mac jones tom brady uh brian hoyer like none of these guys are mobile quarterbacks they're pocket passers so if you go and get a guy like caleb caleb williams you know you're struggling with your offensive line already, so he's going to have a short window to get the ball out. So if he if he's mobile, great. You know that could be the spark to your offense that you're you're missing because Mac Jones, he's he can't scramble for shit, right? He's not going to go when the when pressure is collapsing on him. He's not going to go scramble for twenty. But Caleb Williams, he might go ahead and go do that for you. So that could be a, an added element to the offense next season that could be exciting. Sure. Let's go over to injuries and bye week for the bipocalypse. So I'm going to name off the NFL teams that are on bye this week. So if you have them for fantasy football, check your lineups and make sure that they are not starting. We have the Ravens, the Bills, the Bears, the Raiders, the Vikings, and the Giants. Check your lineups because bipocalypse 2.0 is here. We'll start out with this, gentlemen. This is... This is I don't know if I don't want to say it's good news. I don't want to say I'm happy about it, but uh, he who shall not be named, aka for those that are uh, new to the show, Mr. Aaron Rodgers. He uh, he's been activated from IR, so his 21 day window has opened, and he has been cleared for all functional football activity per head coach Robert Salah. Now it is worth noting this: Aaron Rodgers had come out and said. I'm not going to play unless there's a chance that we can go to the playoffs. So, you know, if their playoff window has closed, they're not going to put him in because why would they? So give him more time to rest and and let's try this thing again next year. So wanted to note that as well as Colts running back, Jonathan Taylor is out for two to three weeks after having thumb surgery. Did you guys know about this? I knew about it because I have John Taylor, but when I was watching the game, I had no idea that he had any thumb issues or anything. And all of a sudden it's just like, yeah, I'm I'm out for a couple of weeks. I got to go fix my thumb, and I'm like, dude, what the hell is this? Yeah, yeah I was that's pretty tough. disappointed. Yeah, good thing they have Zach Moss though. <laughs> yeah, go check for Zach Moss on your waivers because he could be there, and he uh, is going to get a lot of usage without Jonathan Taylor. And then the last piece here, Browns quarterback DTR Dorian Thompson Robinson. I think I said that right. Uh, is in concussion protocol, and Joe Flacco has been upgraded to QB one in practice this week. It's pretty gross. Not a good thing. Yeah, and just to clear something up, the Jets, uh, according to ESPN Analytics, have a less than 1% chance of making the playoffs as of right now. Well, sounds like the Jets have less than 1% chance of Aaron Rodgers coming back and playing this season. So This is just rough. to get the fans excited. I it think. is. Just I think it is. You know, yeah, just end play. on a high note. Like Maybe yeah. sell some more jerseys so that way uh, they're, they're uh, right before. They're, it's like their Christmas, um, their little Christmas bonus. It's also Aaron, Aaron Rodgers just loves to be in the news. Like I, mm-hmm. I think he's going to milk it for everything that he can because he just loves to be the center of attention. 
we're going to be talking in the offseason about Aaron Rodgers and how he could have came back last season, but the Jets were out of contention. So people are going to get back on the wagon of Aaron Rodgers as a good quarterback. He's going to take the Jets to the playoffs, and then I'm going to sit here and tell you he's washed again. So can't wait. Well, we don't know if he's washed. We, we only got to see like three plays. After four four plays, I can tell you he's washed. <laughs> wow. uh, he's got weak-ass ligaments, that's for sure. Well, he's probably drank a lot of milk since then. I know that helps with your bones. What makes stronger ligaments? I don't know. Ayahuasca. Ayahuasca. Yeah. Mm, there you go. Okay. Uh, we're going to get over to Flex Appeal. Yeti, I'll let you start this, buddy. All right. To start us off, I got Nico Collins versus Denver or Drake London versus the Jets. Slaps. Who do you got? I'm taking Nico Collins. Denver is on the up and up. They're still not great. Their defense actually, I think rushing-wise, I want to say they're one of the worst defenses in the league. But um, Denver's finding ways to win games, man. So I, I think this game could actually be a little bit more competitive than than most probably realize against the Texans here. And uh, I, Nico Collins isn't the wide receiver one for the Texans. I think that has been granted to Mr. Tank Dell himself. But Nico Collins is still a usable fantasy asset. And I think in this game that could be closer, I, I'm going to take Nico Collins. I, I don't want to start Drake London with uh, Desmond Ritter as a quarterback against a very tough Jets defense. Yeah, uh, well said. I don't trust Drake London or Desmond Ritter at all right now. So Nico Collins at least has some upside. And it seems like uh, the the floor for Drake London is zero catches for zero yards. And that's that's just not something I want to bet on. What? And Tank Dell showed up on the practice report today or the injury report because he missed practice with the calf injury. So just monitor that too going into uh, Sunday's game. Nico Collins Ooh. could get upgraded to their wide receiver one. Uh, all right, Yeti, you starting Devin Singletary versus Denver or Jalen Warren versus the Cardinals? Give me Singletary. I'll take oh. all the Singletary, wow. baby. Oh. And I say that because we saw Pierce come back last week and he only had a few carries. Uh, this is clearly Singletary's backfield, even in a, a game where they were playing from behind or they were playing a good defense in Jacksonville. Singletary was getting the pass catching work out of the backfield, which excites me for PPR leagues. Um, and to top it off, Denver, over the last five weeks, they have given up on average 115 rushing yards to running backs. So sign me up for Devin Singletary this week in a bounce back week. Yeah. Do, I, that, do, go ahead, I just got a question. Do, do you you really do think that Singletary is not going to give up any more work to Pierce in this backfield as as Pierce gets healthier? I think I've seen all I need to see on Pierce, and Singletary provides a clear spark on this offense that they're missing out of the backfield. Uh, Pierce just looks like he's running in mud back there, and he isn't really doing anything with the carries. Uh, Singletary comes in, and he's um, he's electric uh, compared to Pierce, right? So um, I, I think Singletary has earned himself a, a job there for the next year or two. Singletary's playing for money because he's on a contract here, so he needs to get signed somewhere, and he's trying to prove he's still got gas left in the tank. I'm with Yeti on this one, both for – I would start Devin Singletary over Jalen Warren, but also like long-term for the Texans, at least to finish out the season bare minimum, and then we'll see what the Texans do in this offseason. So uh, Damian Pierce, he came back this week. He had five touches and was on an 18% snap count. So I think uh, Singletary has ran away with it, so to speak, and uh, I will also choose him as my flex of the week. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I, sorry, sorry. I, I don't think that uh, Singletary is going to lose this backfield because, like you said, he just looks more explosive. He's more effective in the passing game. Um, but ultimately, I do expect Pierce to see more than five touches. I think he's going to be on the field more than he was last week. I don't think it's going to be nearly as one sided as it was. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. I'm hoping Singletary runs away with it because I would prefer that. I want to talk about the flip side real quick on this with Jalen Warren. Uh, we saw Pittsburgh have success offensively last week with the new offensive coordinator, but the primary leader out of the backfield was Najee Harris. Um, what are your guys' thoughts there uh, in Pittsburgh now that we've, we have one game under our belt? Najee seems to be the lead guy. Do you think that's a trend to follow? Is Najee the lead guy still? What are you doing with Najee and Jalen Warren? It makes it tough now because Najee's had a couple games where he's looked pretty damn good. And that's not something that we ever said last year to start this season where we were just begging them to take him off the field. And now he's had a couple productive games, so he's making it more difficult for them to make a switch. 
but ultimately against Arizona's defense, I think it's possible Jalen Warren and Najee could both have pretty big games this week. Um, but as far as a long-term outlook, um, I am a little concerned as far as the split. It doesn't seem like this 50-50 backfield's going anywhere. I think that's probably what we're going to continue to see is pretty close to equal snap share um, unless Najee really just starts killing it. And he had a good week. Prove it to me again. I mean, I've seen way more tape on Najee doing bad than Najee doing good. And I'm not trying to take anything away from what he did last week because he did look good. But I've also seen a lot of games where he doesn't. So it's more of a what have you done for me lately situation that I think actually is a fair thing to say because there are a lot of moving pieces in this. Like you mentioned, Matt Canada is no longer there. So this offense will look different. Will that benefit Najee in his production with a different offensive scheme and somebody else calling the play calls or will he kind of revert back to Najee of old? So yeah, I think still, I think Jalen Warren's probably a fair, like Jalen Warren is what Jalen Warren is, and I think that's going to continue to be the trend for the rest of the season. I think he's not going anywhere. He'll still be involved in this offense, and and it might just be more of like a hot hand or like a Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, you know, from years ago with the Browns is kind of maybe how I look at this this duo. Is that I, yeah. what are you thinking? Is that is that something you agree with? I think if I own Najee Harris, I'm probably starting him this week uh, against Arizona, um, just because because of the matchup right but outside of that it's kind of gross um it's a true 50 50 split as far as snap share and carries go after so after this week i'm reevaluating what i do with Najee harris and if i know not many leagues have their trade trade deadline open still but if you do now might be a decent time to dump one of these running backs or after this the sunday yeah so then you don't have to play the game anymore. Yeah. Yep. And we're going to go from one running back matchup to another here with Jerome Ford versus the Rams or Javante Williams versus Houston. Uh, I'm going to start Javante Williams. Uh, Jerome Ford, I, I don't hate Jerome Ford as an own, and he is the RB1 on this team. But the fact of the matter is, is – this team has looked dilapidated, it has looked sad, it has looked confused, and it hasn't really looked like a, a real NFL offense. Um, they lost to Sean Watson, they now lost DTR, Joe Flacco slated to potentially be the starting quarterback there, or, yeah, and so I just, I, I don't, I don't know where you go from here from an offense, Amari Cooper is also dealing with some injury right now, it may or may not be there, so... I don't want to put all my eggs in one basket. I, I think that they're going to kind of have to run the ball quite a bit, and I think that's going to be a key a key focus for the Rams. Javante Williams, actually, I mean, he's starting to really heat up here, and, and I'm going to take him against Houston over uh, a, a very sad offense with the Browns right now. Yeah, I think I'm going to agree with that just because of the Rams' defense against the rush. I, they're a top 10 defense against running backs uh, from a fantasy perspective, um, and it's just been kind of tough sledding there. So I think I would agree. I think I'd go Javante as well. Ooh. Well, I guess I'm going to be the odd man out here because I'm going to go with Jerome Ford, and here's why. Joe Flacco in the year 2023. I can't believe I'm saying this, but Joe Flacco <laughs> is the reason why. Because we saw what DTR can do with this passing offense, which is not much. We've seen what uh, P.J. Walker can do as quarterback. Can't get the ball down the field. Joe Flacco is one of those guys that he he's smart enough to make the throws. He's going to be a game manager and that's what the Browns need at this point they just need somebody who can control it keep the defense honest and actually be a threat with their arm and I think Joe Flacco is that guy so um, that's sad to say but that's going to open up more running lanes for Jerome Ford in my opinion and I, I trust his matchup more than I do Javante Williams Okay. Yeah, we'll have to see. Houston's Houston's rush defense is kind of middle of the pack so they're not a bad defense either against running backs but the Rams are are you know I think they're number seven against running backs, um, so they're pretty decent. It'll be interesting. Let's go to Demario Douglas, Patriots wide receiver, versus the Chargers or Amari Cooper versus the Rams. And it is worth noting both of the. I, I kind of went with the the hurt but not out guys. Both these guys <laughs> are, are dealing with some injuries, so it's it's going to be questionable whether they play on Sunday or not. But I I thought it was interesting because. You got Joe Flacco as a quarterback who really hasn't done anything, and Demario Douglas, who may end up being the wide receiver one for the Patriots, which Neither. is also isn't saying much. Neither, I'm out. That's all. No, you're, just, you're gonna forfeit um, the week. 
Yep. That, yeah. I'm just going to leave that spot open. Um, but af- I, I mean, after hyping up Joe Flacco, Flacco, I'd be a hypocrite not to go with Amari Cooper here. Um, <clears throat> but to add to going to add some stats behind Cooper, uh, the Rams secondary isn't what we're used to seeing. Um, over the last five games, they've given up almost 200 yards to wide receivers. Um, so I'm going to trust the matchup. I'm going to trust Joey Flacco. And I'm going to go with Cooper. Yeah, I'm going to take a cop-out answer here, but I think there is a better chance that Douglas doesn't play than does. Um, so I think you're going to be stuck with Cooper because uh, Douglas was officially diagnosed with a concussion and he missed this uh, mispractice today. Um, and that diagnosis came late, so it would surprise me if he was back in the lineup on Sunday. Boo. Yeah, boo. Come on. Boo. Have some fun, dude. They're both yeah, concussions are myths. No, I'm not booing concussions. I'm booing your fucking <laughs> cop out ass answer. That's what I'm mm. booing. Uh, okay, facts. yeah, I'm also taking Cooper. I mean, Demario Douglas is. I. It's funny. I own both these guys. I was kind of trying to figure out some um, some good flex appeals that are actually real and people might actually have. And I do own both these guys. And I thought it was interesting with Joe Flacco coming out. But at the end of the day, Amari Cooper is Amari Cooper. And I think. The unfortunate reality is I think most weeks, depending upon who you have on your bench, he might just be in your starting lineup, and that's kind of the situation that I'm in. So I just found that to be interesting, but I'm also taking Cooper here. All right. My last flex appeal for the week. We got Chris Godwin versus Carolina or George Pickens versus Arizona. This is fucking gross, dude. (laughs) I mean, this this is mean is what this is. I actually looked this up. Did you? You probably did, but if you did not know, George Pickens is wide receiver thirty-seven on the season, with Chris Godwin at wide receiver thirty-eight on the season in PPR formats. That's pretty mm-hmm. interesting. Um, Carolina or the Cardinals? <laughs> I'm probably gonna take. Uh, just this is a coin flip one. This is what this is. This is a coin flip one, in my opinion. Um, I'll take, I'll take Chris Godwin. That's what I'm gonna I think that's the right call. I think I would also go Chris Godwin. Um, I think I truly do think it's a coin flip, though. Like I think either one of these guys, it's whoever gets a touchdown. I think is is gonna well, win. The and that's the thing is you're betting on touchdowns, and I would much rather bet on the Bucks to do that than the Steelers. Yeah, and that's why I went with Chris Godwin. Yep, and agreed. George, George Pickens is kind of that boomer bus guy. So if you're if you need upside, I'd probably go with Pickens. But if you're like, eh, I want a consistent like double digit type of guy, that's Chris Godwin. George Pickens might explode and get you twenty on any given week. That's just who he is. But Chris Godwin is all reliable. Yeah. So pick your poison. I'll take I'll take Chris Godwin. And yeah. now my last flex appeal, the last flex appeal, and then we got some questions here. Are you starting Puka Nakua versus the Browns or DeAndre Swift versus the 49ers? Um, so I'm going with Puka, and this is purely based off gut because I feel like Philly's going to have to throw the ball in order to have a chance to win this game against San Francisco, which I'm also very, very excited to watch. That's going to oh, be that's- a fun game to watch. I think we've already we've already nominated nominated that game as the game of the week for the following this upcoming. So it, it's going to be like a 7 to 3 type of game. Yeah, exactly. Now. That's usually what happens when we <laughs> yeah, do that ahead that's of time. the way it goes. Um but like I said, I, I think the way to beat San Francisco is through the air. Um it just the matchup isn't there for Swift this week and I have to go with Puka. Um he's going to get targets against this the secondary. Um the Browns are a, a great defense, but they're going to be covering Cooper Cup. So Puka is going to get the lesser of the two evils, uh evil evils as in DBs. So I'm going to go with Puka. Yeah, I think I agree. I think the upsides with Puka, I just I got this nagging feeling that the Eagles are going to get dominated. Uh, and I, I, that could just be totally bullshit, but I just have this feeling they haven't really looked that great. They've been in some games uh, that were close that shouldn't have been close. San Francisco's on the upswing. I think San Francisco might come out and and force Philly to throw the ball a lot to keep up. And I, I just I agree with you ultimately 100. percent I think the upside's there with Puka. I'm also taking Puka. I uh, for everything you guys just mentioned, but I that begs the next question that Scotty just kind of brought up here. Who do you guys have winning this Eagles 49ers game? 
You think it's going to be the 49ers, Scotty? Okay, you're nodding your head yes. Yeti, without looking at the Vegas odds like you probably are, what do you <laughs> think? Yeah. Call out. Already did. Uh, the 49ers are three-point favorites in this game, but I'm going with the Eagles. Um, okay. I, I think this is a team that no matter what situation they're in, they just seem to get the job done. Um, this is a championship-level team, and I, I expect them to come out and compete. Uh, you know, They're going to impose their will against the San Francisco team. I disagree. I think the I think, 49ers are pissed 49ers too. because of last year's matchup. They lost all their quarterbacks. They're, they're angry. They're mad. And uh, ultimately, when I look at the firepower of these teams, San Francisco is a team that looks like they could put up 50 points. And I don't see that firepower out of Philadelphia right now. Um, Philadelphia is obviously a great team. And I actually, I want them to win the game. I prefer that they win, but I just don't think it's going to happen. So you don't think Philly's offense could put up many points on this 49ers defense? Well, we'll see. Obviously, the 49ers defense is not what we've been used to over the last few years as well. So there is a chance. But I just I just looking at the, the Eagles offense, it's just it's so spotty. It's so hit and miss. Jalen Hurts has been kind of also hit and miss. Uh, and granted, they've been able to find ways to win games, which is all that matters. You know, the championship caliber teams do that. Uh, but when I look at the upside for these offenses, I see a lot more upside with San Francisco. I, I agree with that, I, and I agree with everything I think Scotty just said there, is that the Eagles' offense just doesn't look the same this year. I think we're seeing, like, with the departure of Shane Steichen, like, we're, we're seeing a little bit of that, and I I don't think Jalen Hurts has looked as good this year. I'm not trying to say he's a bad quarterback, because I don't think he's a bad quarterback, and he's a very talented quarterback, and I think that the fact that, you know, like Scotty just mentioned, the Eagles are winning games, that's not just by luck. Like that there is intrinsically something is going on there with that team in order for them to have a comeback win against the Bills or just continue to dominate other teams like they are. But from an offensive perspective, I don't think that the Eagles have have just they haven't put it all together in one nice package this year that I've seen thus far. It's just been some spotty things here or there. They're still they're still at a, playing at a very high caliber, but I don't. I haven't seen it this year. I think the Eagles, the Eagles' offense just hasn't looked as good this year. I think the 49ers are going in this game, and and I, I mean, I have a future on the 49ers to win the Super Bowl. So I have bias. some self invested bias there. But I, truthfully, like as soon as I found out that Joe Burrow was done for the season, I immediately placed a future for the 49ers because I just think that they're the better team. And I guess we're going to find out here in a couple days. But it, I, I'm interested so, to see how this plays out. Do you guys think Brock Purdy is a better quarterback than Jalen Hurts at this current point? No. no. I, I, that's like a trap question because I, I think everybody knows that that's the case. But I think as a team, I think they're going to get outcoached. I think Kyle Shanahan is – I mean, you saw it last season, man. You saw like – I think that the talent he has on that team he uses in such a great way that it makes it so hard for defenses to cover them. I think Jalen Hurts is obviously the better quarterback here, but he's got Christian McCaffrey. He's got Kyle Juszczyk. He's got George Kittle. He's got Brandon Ayuk. He's got Debo Samuel. So it's just, it's just the same situation that Jimmy G had where it's, it's manage the game. Don't make, you know, minimize our mistakes and let's get the ball in our playmakers hands. And I think that's what Kyle Shanahan really excels at. I feel like I could say the same about Philly's offense too. You know, look at AJ Brown, look at Devontae Smith, look at Dallas Goddard, who's coming back this week. Look at DeAndre Swift. Here's the difference is the Eagles offense is entirely reliant on Jalen Hurts, who has not been playing his best season. And the 49ers offense is not entirely reliant on Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy needs to be a game manager and not make stupid decisions. And the 49ers can beat anybody in the league. If Jalen Hurts is off his game, if he's not playing up to the caliber that we know he can, the Eagles offense is going to struggle. And I don't see that same problem happening with San Francisco on a consistent basis. So the 49ers, the way that they're kind of built to to win this game, right, is or to win any game is to get Christian McCaffrey going. They're going up against the best rush defense in the league versus Philadelphia. Philly is going to sell out to stop the run and force Brock Purdy to beat them with his arm, which I'm sure, you know, that secondary is very leaky. I'm not saying the Eagles secondary is great by any means, but they're going to try to put Brock Purdy in positions to make mistakes. So well, sure, but this that's is what it's really this is us as fans. This is us as fans sitting here talking about that. You don't think that these conversations happened weeks ago with Kyle Shanahan and his team and like, okay, they're going to try and they have a great rush defense. They're going to try and take, you know, CMC away. So what can we do to 
to scheme against that. Like, obviously, they know that that's going to happen. And I just think, I think overall, I I don't want to say, I think Nick Sirianni is a good coach. I like Nick Sirianni a lot. But I also have an immense amount of respect for Kyle Shanahan and what he has continued to do with this 49ers team. And I I think they're going to win this game. Yeah, and the Eagles are obviously a great rush defense, but they don't play Christian McCaffrey every week. And Christian McCaffrey, I think, is the best running back in the league right now in terms of a total package. Um, I don't think they're going to be prepared for that, and I think he's going to uh, he's going to get a lot more productivity than what people expect on this Eagles rush defense. I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see when this game happens, and uh, maybe we should get the rest of the the Brainiac crew's thoughts and opinions on this Ooh. game and have a little have a little team bet going on here because I, I do think the Fortnite is going to win it, but we will see. Uh, all right, let's get over to our questions and get the hell out of here. We currently only have one question, so if you guys got a question, go over to YouTube, submit them now before the show is over. Here's the mail; it never fails. It makes me wanna wag my tail when it comes. I wanna wail. First and only question comes from Fantasy Champ two times. 2X, two times. He asks this question. He says, David Montgomery versus the Saints, Javante Williams versus Houston, or Devon Singletary versus Denver in a PPR format. We kind of covered a lot of these guys today, actually. Mm -hmm. I think... uh... We should start spelling Singletary's last name like that with two R's in it. It looks a lot better. That's how he spelled it. I just uh, all I did was copy and paste it. So understand that. Yeah, I know. I, I like fantasy champs spelling. Okay. That's that's nice. Um, so for that reason, I'm going with Devin Singletary just because of his last name. Okay, that's it. No, I'm just kidding. Rewind like ten minutes ago, and you'll you'll hear why I like Devin Singletary. It's basically the matchup is what does yeah. it for me. Scotty? Yeah, I I agree. Yeti convinced me on Devin Singletary. I'm now high on him. So I'm plugging him in in all my lineups. If he sucks, I'm coming to your house. I think all these guys are idiots. I'm going David Montgomery versus the Saints. No, I'm also doing Devin Singletary. But David Montgomery would be – he's an interesting one. Um, him Gibbs is starting to get more involved in this offense, which is great. I think everybody has wanted to see that for a while now. But David Montgomery is still involved. I mean, he's still around. He's still getting 15 to 12, 12, and 15 touches over these last three weeks. He's still involved in this offense. So I I would say David Montgomery or Devin Singletary. But given the fact that the matchup is so juicy, I'm going to go Devin Singletary as well. And that's it, gentlemen. That is all that we have today. I appreciate you guys doing this. This was fun. We'll have to do it again, uh, I don't know, maybe say next, next Wednesday for us three. And maybe, Scotty, we can do it on Monday. You think? Hell yeah, bro. I'll be here for both. All right. Looking forward to it. Hey, I uh, just want to say thank you guys. Thank you to all the Brainiacs out there that are continuing to listen to us, ask us questions, and uh, and going on this journey with us. It's been a, a, a fun time. And if you could, like I said at the beginning of the episode, hit subscribe. Give us five stars, man. It truly does mean the world. So that's it. That's all the time we got. And we are If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you tune into our new releases every week on your favorite podcast app. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and check out leatherbrains.com for all of your fantasy football needs. And remember, Brainiacs, a championship should be more than a fantasy.